Welcome to the Forensic Chiropractor Podcast, the podcast about healthcare relating to courts, with your host, Jeff Clayton, chiropractic physician. Hello, and welcome to the Forensic Chiropractor Podcast. This podcast is about chiropractic as it relates to the courts. This podcast will be about injuries that have the potential to go to court. I'm Jeff Clayton, chiropractic physician in Utah. I graduated in 2012, and I'm a board-certified independent medical examiner from the American Board of Independent Medical Examiners. I have extensive postgraduate training through chiropractic and medical schools. You can always see my CV online at ime-utah.com. I've performed over 500 IMEs for plaintiff and defense. So for the podcast, what I like to do is go over a research article and give a real-world example. Today's article will go along with the first two podcasts and discuss ligaments. The first podcast talked about the makeup of ligaments, how they get injured, what the inadequate healing process for damaged ligaments is like, and how to manage ligament damage. The second podcast was on the history of alteration of motion segment integrity, or AOMSI, and the impairment ratings that go along with that. Today's article is Ligaments, a Source of Musculoskeletal Disorder. This was published in the Journal of Bodywork and Movement Therapies in 2009. This article was written by Moshe Solomon, who's a PhD MD. And we have already touched briefly on some of the information in this article on the other two podcasts, but we'll go into detail of what ligament damage is like for patients today. This article starts by saying there are several ligaments in each joint, and they have been considered the primary restraints of bone. This article discusses that ligaments are sensory organs and have significant reflexive input on activation of muscles. The reflexive part of that statement is very important. This shows us that ligaments are significant controller of muscles that surround joints, and this is done without us thinking about it. It's a subconscious control of muscles. Some joints have more muscle control for stabilization than other joints, And this article shows that the intervertebral joints of the spine have more muscular control than other joints. So, to sum up the first paragraph of the study, ligaments and muscles give stability to joints. But ligaments are sensory organs that reflexively activate or inactivate muscle stability, allowing muscles to participate in joint stability. This study shows what joints with ligament damage will be like. The ligaments once damaged will alter the muscular activity pattern around a joint, resulting in early onset of arthritis, pain, disability, and eventually the need for joint replacement surgery. This article showed the type of stretch or load placed on ligaments is significant. A slow rate of stretch on a ligament will cause little tension of the ligament, but a fast stretch or loading on a ligament will create a high load, often leading to ligament damage or rupture. They showed that a fast stretch on a ligament, even if it's within the normal range of motion for that ligament, will lead to rupture. This correlates well with most personal injury patients. Most personal injury patients have fast stretching of ligaments in motor vehicle collisions or slip and falls. Not that the ligaments couldn't withstand the length of stretching, but not at the fast rate of speed that injuries occur. I have heard this type of ligament damage compared to silly putty. If you have some silly putty and stretch it out nice and slow, you can stretch the silly putty a long way without breaking it. 
If you take the same silly putty and pull it apart really fast, it will tear almost instantly, not allowing for any stretching. This article today talked about cyclic loading of ligaments or moving ligaments below the threshold to tear them, but doing it repetitively. This constant repetitive loading of ligaments showed the body needed a 24 to 48 hour period for recovery. This has been helpful with workplace injuries where repetitive loading of joints takes place with long hours and not enough time between shifts to allow the ligaments to recover. In contrast, this study showed that moderate exercise or repetitive occasional activities with sufficient rest and recovery allows ligaments to have an increase in overall strength over time. This study showed that immobilization or decreased physical activity results in weaker and thinner ligaments with an increased potential for injury. This information is helpful with patients that are very active versus patients that are not active. Ligament damage is more likely in less active patients. I see this a lot in the elderly population. In general, the elderly population is less active and this leads to weaker and thinner ligaments and will increase the potential for injury in this population. Now, for my favorite part of this article, this section of the article is titled Ligaments as a Sensory Organ. This part of the article talks about the ligament muscular reflex. This section discusses how ligaments are reflexively or subconsciously involved in muscle control. The conclusion of the article says, it is evident that ligaments evolved to become the optimal biological passive tissue to provide the function of joint stability. Ligaments, when stretched, reflexively communicate with muscles to activate the muscles to support the joints. When ligaments are no longer being stretched in a low load situation, they will reflexively inhibit muscle activation around the joint, allowing for muscle relaxation. This article refers to ligament damage as a neuromuscular disorder. Neuromuscular disorder means a disorder of nerves controlling muscles. The neuro in this case is the reflexive neurological control of the ligaments. This reflexive control ligaments have over muscles will be decreased or lost with ligament damage or rupture and will not be restored. To help illustrate this type of ligament control, I want to use an example from the 2021 NFL season Super Bowl. The Los Angeles Rams played the Cincinnati Bengals. Odell Beckham Jr. was brought in to help the Rams win the playoffs and go to the Super Bowl. Let's talk about Odell Beckham Jr.'s knee. He grew up learning to walk and run with healthy knees. As he learned to run, his ligaments surrounding the knee would be stretched and would reflexively signal the muscles surrounding his knee to help with stabilization and the ability to run safely. He didn't have to think about how to run and what muscles needed to be involved in running. It was reflexive thanks to the ligaments. As fate would have it, Odell Beckham Jr. was playing the Cincinnati Bengals October 25th, 2020 and had a grade 3 ACL tear. A grade 3 tear is a complete tear of the ligaments. This ligament was then surgically reconstructed. Now, let's go back to the Super Bowl, which occurred winter of 2022. Odell Beckham Jr. was having a reasonably good game. He went out for a short pass and was wide open. No one even touched him, but down he went in a lot of pain. Once again, he had a complete grade three ACL tear. What happened here? For Odell Beckham Jr.'s entire life, when he ran, he did this with subconscious reflective ligament control of the muscles. 
Once the ACL was torn in 2020, he lost the subconscious reflexive control that the ligaments did of the muscles. Now when he runs, his body has to learn how to protect the joint without ligament reflexive control. The body is an amazing feature and can adapt, and he was able to run, but never the same. Without the normal joint function, he lost the ability to stabilize the joint and without even being touched, tore the ligament again. After ligaments are damaged, the ligament loses its ability to reflexively control muscles. This is two-sided. Like Odell Beckham Jr.'s example, the body will not be able to activate muscles to help stabilize a joint with activity. And when the body is in a low activation, the ligaments will no longer be able to reflexively signal the muscles to relax. This study showed that this often leads to muscle spasms. In conclusion, this study showed that there are two classes of disorders with ligament damage, the mechanical and the neuromuscular. The mechanical problems seen with ligament damage are some things we've already talked about, joint laxity, instability, osteoarthritis, and then rupturing of ligaments. The reflexive control is what we've talked about here today. When reflexive control of ligaments is lost, this leads to complete motor disorders with changes in proprioception or the body's ability to perceive the location and movement, kinesthetic perception or the body's ability to correct movement, and muscle activation loss and loss of joint stability and decrease in overall function. Now, for today's real-world example, I've seen this a couple times, and I'm not talking about any specific patient, but I have a couple in mind. The patient is in a car accident. They come in, and they do their initial exam. Among other tests, I do an active range of motion testing with my dual inclinometers, and the patient shows a significant decrease in cervical spine active range of motion. During the course of care, x-rays are done and a diagnosis of alteration of motion segment integrity, or AOMSI, is made. Following care, a reevaluation is done prior to my final report impairment rating. During the final exam, cervical active range of motion is done again. This patient again has a significant decrease in cervical active range of motion. Months later, I am brought into a deposition for the patient. The defense attorney always asks the following question. Dr. Clayton, you have diagnosed the patient with catastrophic ligament damage or what you have called AOMSI. Is that correct? Of course, I answer this is correct. Then they ask, did you perform active range of motion testing of the patient's cervical spine on your last evaluation? Again, I answer yes. Then they ask the next question. Now they're convinced that they have me in their trap. Dr. Clayton, how can the patient have ligament damage and a decrease in range of motion? They're under the impression that this ligament damage would cause joint laxity and looseness in the joint. And this is why I hate the term ligament laxity when associated with AOMSI. As seen in the podcast that we went over today and the last few podcasts, AOMSI is not ligament laxity. It is complete tearing of ligaments at a motion segment. As seen in this article today, once these ligaments are torn, they lose the ability to reflexively control muscles for joint stability. The ligaments will no longer be able to recruit muscles when needed and will no longer be able to tell muscles when to relax. As seen in this article, ligament damage often leads to muscle spasms. The patient comes into my office and we do an active range of motion test of the cervical spine, but the ligaments are unable to reflexively relax the muscles surrounding the cervical spine, allowing for full active range of motion. Similarly, when the patient lays down at night, the ligaments can no longer recognize a low load situation and send a signal to the muscles to relax. 
The patient can lay in bed all night without muscle spasms. This has thrown a couple attorneys off in deposition and helps with the understanding of what ligament damage really means to the patient. Okay, I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast where we went over the article, Ligaments, a Source of Musculoskeletal Disorders. This is one of my favorite articles to help with the understanding of what this ligament damage or AOMSI means to the patient, that it dramatically alters the function of the joint for life, the muscular reflex that these ligaments send. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to the Forensic Chiropractor Podcast. Dr. Clayton can be found online at ime-utah.com. Theme song is Three Fishers by the band Aggregate.